Hey, great day. So in this special podcast series, I will be introducing to you abundant streams of income that mental health providers can utilize in their business. And so we just wrapped up a live four-day bootcamp over on YouTube, but I do know that there's a large portion of our podcast listeners that would prefer to get the information in bite-sized pieces versus 60 to 90-minute workshops where they can take their time and implement the information. So make sure to say, Stay tuned to this episode. Hey, my name is Dr. TK, and on this podcast show, we will uncover abundant tools to help you become the CEO of your business and life. I am a mom and wife who took the knowledge as a clinical psychologist working for a government agency and being a professor for over 18 years into building a multi six-figure mental health business and seven-figure digital product business and doing what I love. Now, I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living and become unapologetic while also dreaming big, enjoying life, and making a huge impact in your community. This is the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. Some people are interested in staff trainings. These are some examples of what I've done, but you can do it as well. So um, K through 12, of course, schools, you can go and train not just the teachers, but also the administrators. Um, You can do colleges, administrators and other key staff. And what I'm talking about training, it can be something like how do you self-care? What is a coping skill? How to properly deep breathe and not hyperventilate? Sometimes we want to teach in one workshop. And I know I got a lot going on here, but I, you know, I know y'all want the information. But when you go and get paid to speak, you don't want to intentionally overwhelm people and then leave them high and dry. Like I don't leave you high and dry. I have a podcast. I have a YouTube channel. I got programs. I got events. So if people want more, they just, they just participate, but you don't want to give somebody five coping strategies and they don't even know what a coping strategy is. So be more specific when you are marketing to do training with what is the one thing that you're going to focus on in these trainings. So you can go to churches um, and churches have multiple layers. They have ministry and they have general, you know, the congregation. Um, you have nonprofits. You have just general corporations, businesses. And these days people need help. They were forced to go back and work in an office. They overwhelmed. They tired. You know, also you have other practicum and internship sites. Put a one in the comment box and you like ding, ding, ding. I can go do what I am good at, especially if it helps other therapists that are becoming licensed. Why don't I go to my stumping grounds? Because they already know me, especially hopefully you left off on good terms, right? They have trainings every single year. They create a budget every year, but you got to catch them about right now because they're already, if they haven't already, starting to create the budget in the spring for the summer because some internships start in the summer and maybe in the fall. Okay. So work with them. And that's how I started trainings for um, my practicum site. And get this, if y'all wrote a dissertation (laughs) or a thesis statement, I actually did a training or I was called to do it. And then I was like, oh, y'all really want this? Um, I did it on my topic of successful parental involvement in black children's therapy. That was my dissertation topic because I was having a hard time getting kids, parents involved in therapy. So I did a training on that and I just made it like a a training tour. I just called other sites. Some of them did not pay. Some of them paid. But when you first start, you got to get testimonials. Write that down. All right. So community organizations and then also practicum and internship sites. All right. So some considerations. How often would you like to conduct them? Please look at your capacity. Topics that you are good at, you need to list at least three. So if I'm going to talk to a school and I may want to focus on juniors and seniors, I'm going to probably focus on 
Three main coping strategies when you experience anxiety, when we start talking about adulting, that's one training. Another one may be, what is adulting? What does it mean when you're 18 in terms of what you're responsible for and legalities of your parents that they are not responsible for, even though you think they are, right? Those are some examples of three things that I can bring into the school. Another one can be living skills, but maybe I only want to focus on resume writing and how do you show up and be positive for an interview? Because that to me is still therapeutic. These kids have low self-esteem. They don't know how to make eye contact, things like that, right? Also think about where have you worked? Start there. What are some loopholes that you saw at your old jobs, which is probably the reason why some of y'all left? It don't mean you can't go back, right? Who do you know? Don't sleep on who, what connections and relationships you have. One of the nonprofits that I'm connected with, they had me come back and now they write me into multiple grants specifically because I was working with them when I had my job. And then I just stayed in communication with, at that time, a supervisor, but now she's the executive director. So I am her go-to mental health person for the whole program, no matter how many programs they have. I am the mental health person and I always show up and show out. So who do you know? And ask them to ask them, can you speak? Right? You ain't got to be no keynote speaker like Oprah. Just go do a training. All right. Boundaries. Are you the therapist or the trainer? This is what you really need to consider. Are you the therapist or the trainer? Know your role. So when you go in there and do a training or you're online, you make sure to tell people, even though, like I may say, even though I'm a clinical psychologist, I am not your psychologist. This is not a therapy session, right? This is a wellness one-on-one workshop. That's what I do with the re-entry population. And then at the end, I will tell them, how y'all like that? And they're like, man, this was fire. Miss, I'm effed up. I got trauma. You know, they all excited because they've identified what the problem is, you know? And I'm like, okay, so let's link you with services. But do y'all know that was low key like a, a intro to group services, like group therapy? And some of them will say, it didn't look like that in prison. I'm like, you right. But this is how it could look though for <laughs> the rest of your life. And they like, okay. And so it makes them more open, but I make sure to let them know I'm a facilitator of the training. Okay. Um, and, but for staff too, cause staff will get you in that hallway going to the bathroom. All right. Tell you all their business, um, boundaries. If you want to get referrals for services. So let's just say you work with the organization, but you make it clear because you're going to keep going back. Um, let's just say if it's a recurring event, you may not want to do individual therapy because now you got to see them. That's your prerogative, right? I had a disclaimer and I said, I have a couple of spots open at that time. I took Kaiser, which is the insurance they had. I said, but please note, I'm going to be also doing consultation for your cases because I was like embedded into their nonprofit to do other things. I said, so if you don't even want to see me walk around here after you just met with me online last, you know, yesterday, don't, don't ask me to be your therapist. And I didn't get no referrals and I was happy, you know? So know your boundaries, put a two in a comment box if you enjoy like hearing that, like y'all got to have boundaries because if you mix it up and then you wonder why somebody oversteps your boundaries, how did you set up your boundaries? So are you the therapist or the facilitator? Um, and then make sure that you know how to link them with services if you ain't the therapist. All right. Next one. If you do a training for free, set a certain amount of numbers that you want to do for pro bono every single year or at least the first year. Very self-explanatory. Don't overextend yourself. If your best friend keep calling you to her job or his job and saying, yo, can you do this training? We hire somebody else. This is what I say. If I set aside four trainings a year, each quarter, like one each quarter, if one person, let's just say if my church hit me, well, my church is a little different. So let's just say if somebody else's church hit me up, right? And I do pro bono because I feel like it, right? Um, it doesn't mean they can, they can tell their other churches that I did the training, but I'm going to let that person know, yo, you know, this was like for free, 
but it's only because I give out my time a certain amount of time per year. I'm already putting a structure around and boundaries. So this was free for you this one time, but please note, I only allow you to do do it once this year. I never say every year because they're going to assume they can call me back in January. Right. And I'll say, please pass my information around, but it may not be pro bono. Okay. So are you doing those trainings under the same LLC? Yes, because they're mental health. When we start talking about digital products, ask me that question again. <laughs> because when I do coaching, like what I'm doing with you all right now, this is not under my therapy practice. I have two escorts. I have Dr. TK and I have Branding for Abundance. What I'm doing right now is like under coaching. So that's under Branding for Abundance. Okay. But it's still a professional corporation, a PC, because I'm a psychologist. So, um, and that's a whole nother conversation, like deeper. All right. So, um, they will not just come to you. Hint, hint. You need to, um, you need to go out there and market. There is no pot of gold sitting around. You can't just expect that organizations are going to find you because you have a beautiful website. Congratulations. You spent a year making your logo and nobody know you exist. <laughs> okay. Um, what is the value of what you offer to the employer, not the staff? This is really key. So it is a backward way of thinking, but I guarantee you, you're going to thank me later. Instead of you focusing on as a team member, what would I like to happen? Like that is the wrong attitude versus now you're an employer as a business owner. How can you give value to the audience, AKA the employees or the contractors or team members, but in essence, it's going to benefit the actual employer because the latter is what you need to present when you're pitching your product or services. Did y'all hear that? Put a one in the comment box if you understand that. Let me say it again. What are you adding value to, to the audience, the team members? And then how is that in turn going to make them better show up for the employer? You do not pitch to the employer. I can help your people get out of burnout because they're going to go open up their own private practice. Who the hell want to hear that? <laughs> Nobody. But if they want to decrease burnout to show up more for the clients that they serve in their company, now that helps. All right. Staff training possibilities. So one to, one to many. Packages, like I said, versus sessions. Um, like this is an overlap from like the group, so you'll see some overlap too. So it's one to many. You can package it and say, when I do this training, I'm going to include pre and post prep, meaning maybe you do certificates or do testimonials or get feedback forms. I don't know. Um, that's this training is not for that. It's just telling you what's required, okay, or what's uh, suggested. Um, and then the meat and the potatoes is like you delivering the training. So how long did it take you to do from A to Z, not just the middle of the delivery? And you package that at a price. I'm not going to tell you what, what, how much you should price your product. Okay, um, Foot in the door to be called back for future training. You want to make sure you show up and do a great job and you want to get testimonials so that you can show that employer or that company that people actually want you to come back. Meaning you always put on your feedback form a empty box, meaning what other trainings like this would you like to see? Just put it so they can tell you, okay? Um, you can also add the training to your schedule yearly. Like, put yourself out there. Don't wait for them to call you. Hey, would you like me to come back at this time next year? That's what I did with the intern sites. And that's how I was coming back for like four years, okay? Add it to their schedule for their new staff. Maybe you do something like the way I do it with the reentry population and the way the grant is written is every new cohort of clients that they get, like every 30 days or 60 days, I come in and do the exact same training. So now we're talking about working smarter, not harder. We're talking about leveraging my time. Put it to in the chat box if you like this. Because if I keep doing the same training over and over, I now just have a set amount. Now I am using some prep time though to 
foster the information based on the clientele that comes in, like the energy of the cohort. I do ask the team, like, what is this cohort like, you know? And then we do do things on the back end, like feedback forms and or like certificates. But at the end of the day, I'm still shaving off time as I go, right? So get on their calendar. Um, ask room for feed, get, you know, feedback, um, to provide you with social proof. You don't have to have social proof with people's names. You can just say pass participant, pass attendee, happy client, you know, whatever. Um, and then referrals to your practice if you're comfortable with those boundaries. Okay. Um, so this is a case study, um, that I'll share briefly is, um, again, the nonprofit, as I mentioned earlier, I went from my nine to five to staying in contact to then working with them still to this day, like eight to nine years later, I think now a decade. Um, relationships are key. I stayed within my targeted gift, meaning I love serving the reentry population. That's one of the populations that I love. And I love providing trauma-informed care workshops to them just to help them understand that their hood trauma is actually not normal, but it's normal in the hood, okay? And it's because I'm from Compton, I've been exposed to a lot of things. So I use my background to help them open up, right? I give myself street credibility. That's part of my intro. My name is Takesha Jackson-Rudd. I'm a clinical psychologist. I'm natural therapist today. I am the facilitator. This is what we're talking about today. And then I'll tell them like, you know, where did y'all grow up? Okay, cool. I grew up in Compton. So we got something to comment. Boom, let's go. <laughs> okay. So um, I stay within my gift. Also intake during um, conversation. So when you are communicating with agencies and you don't know where you're going to fit in yet, do an intake automatically. What are the missing things that they may not be seeing to enhance the morale of the company and staff? Because again, if you can help them bring in more revenue, if you can help them maintain their staff without a high turnover rate, you are golden, right? So for coaching, you have, I don't have an LLC because I'm a psychologist. So I actually am not allowed to have an LLC in the state of California. <laughs> like that's that. You do not need to be licensed to facilitate groups. So if you're talking about a therapy group, I would say ethically, yes. If you're doing a community support group, that's different, but err on the side of caution, people are still going to see you, let's just say as a therapist in training. But if you're not a therapist and you're a healer or you're a coach, sometimes some things that we do don't have any parameters. So you have to use a mixture of intuition and really our ethics code of doing no harm. Listen, I am over here dancing. You just finished another epic episode of the Intentionally Abundant Podcast. Now, I know that flew by way too fast. So if you want more resources, head over to drtk.com forward slash link for additional abundant resources. Now, until the next episode, live intentionally abundant.